you are listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Good Thursday show for you. We are going to talk about what's coming up on the weekly podcast, podcast number 369 in a couple hours. We're going to talk a little bit more about the Bachelor in Paradise couples that I brought up yesterday. Did you see Dave Neal's video yesterday in regards to Laura Owens and the email she had sent to Clayton back before she ever went public with this story? Holy shit. I had heard rumblings about that, but I had never seen it. Speechless. We're going to talk Survivor. We're going to talk The Challenge. And something that I literally laid out a couple weeks ago on this podcast. I've brought it up a couple times. Calling out the entertainment sites for their lack of knowledge of how a football season works. Came into play yesterday when talking about Taylor Swift Travis Kelsey, namely her birthday weekend this weekend in New York and what the entertainment sites wrote about it. (laughs) They're so lost. We'll get to all that momentarily. So let's start podcast number 369 coming out in a couple hours. It is with Susanna Summers, Bachelor Data. You know her better as that on Instagram. Or maybe you know her better as Susanna. I don't know. I know her as Susanna. She's Susanna to me before she's Bachelor Data. But we talk about everything that went on on Bachelor in Paradise. She always has some great takes in comparing and taking the narrative that a lot of people just seem to have in regards to these shows, these contestants, and basically uses factual data to back up why these people who just spout off things are usually wrong and uninformed. Maybe not wrong. Uninformed would be the best word because most people... As we know, on social media especially, spout off their opinions without any data to back it up. It's just the way they feel, and they feel social media is an outlet where they can just let everybody know how they feel, regardless of if they do any sort of research or look at any sort of data before spewing said opinion. It's one of the worst things that happens in the world today because it leads to a lot of misinformation on the internet. People just automatically believe something that someone says. And, you know, I've said this a hundred, a thousand times. I'm not saying people can't have opinions on things. However, every single opinion you have doesn't need to be shared with the world, meaning posted on your social media account. Like, you, you don't have to voice your opinion Every time you feel something, and that's probably the biggest detriment and the downside of social media is that most people do. And if you try and come at them and combat them with, hey, maybe don't say that or, hey, why don't you do a little bit of research before you say something like that? It immediately turns into an argument because they immediately get defensive and it turns into it's a free country. What am I not allowed to have an opinion? And it's just like you're never going to win with somebody like that. Somebody that's already got in their head, my opinion means more and my opinion needs to get out there regardless of if I've done any sort of research or factually tried to check it to see if it is correct, vetted it out in any sort of way. And and I'm not saying the takes that are in going around Bachelor Nation by fans or whatever are, you know, hurting the economy or anything like that. I'm just saying that a lot of it, when you hear it, it's just factually incorrect. And 
it doesn't make a lot of sense. And Bachelor Data, Susanna is always really good at saying, look, here's a narrative, but here's the empirical data to back it up, which proves that this narrative being peddled by whoever on the Internet is just flat out wrong. And I love when she comes on and does that. She does it a couple times in the podcast today. So that's coming up in a couple hours. Check that out. That's podcast number 369. Yesterday on the podcast, I had shared what I had heard in regards to the Cat and John Henry breakup, also the Aaron and Eliza breakup. And I think that by John Henry saying what he did in his Instagram post yesterday, really coming to Cat's defense, it pretty much lined up with what I had heard in regards to this was a real relationship. It ended very recently, and it's not something that was, I don't know, fake or not even a relationship like I explained that the Aaron and Eliza one was because everything I had heard was once it ended in Mexico, the filming, they basically were never a couple. And they couldn't not, they couldn't say something until the show finale had aired. They waited, what, four days? The finale was last Thursday. They posted it on Monday that they were broken up. It was well before that. It was basically they were never even a couple once filming ended. And the fact that Eliza has never even acknowledged the fact that she was engaged to that man, like I said yesterday, it's to me it's Bush League. You can at least acknowledge that. But she hasn't even acknowledged that, that there was a breakup that happened. And I don't know. I just find that pretty shady. Um, yesterday... Early yesterday morning, Kat posted basically in response to what John Henry posted because she screen grabbed his Instagram post and then she posted an Instagram story and said, it's hard for me to form full sentences right now, but I can say this. I believe that people and experiences come into our lives for different reasons. There's a purpose and meaning behind our relationships. We might not know those reasons right now, but I do know that the memories we created will live on forever. Continuing to work towards a place of gratitude amidst the chaos is how you weather any storm. So I think that she was sounding appreciative of what John Henry posted. And again, really seems to confirm everything I've heard that um, this was a solid relationship. It was a real relationship and it just ended very recently. And we'll see what happens with both of them uh, going forward. But, as I mentioned yesterday in the podcast, from everything I have heard, there is a group of women from Zach season that are moving to San Diego. Cat clearly is uh, Mercedes, Kylie, Jess. I don't know the timelines on any of these women on when they're moving, but from everything I've heard, it's definitely happening. I don't think they're moving out as a foursome. I don't think they're all living together, but they're all friends and I'm guessing they're going to keep in touch and all you got to do is probably follow their Instagram stories in the next couple months and we'll pretty much all know you know roughly who's with who and who's hanging out with who and whatnot so um, just wanted to keep that in mind and it's and it's really interesting because there is obviously a narrative out there as we all watched Bachelor in Paradise where yeah people had some very very strong feelings about Kat and and how she acted. I was critical uh, of some of the things that she said in her ITMs. I just didn't understand it. And again, there's obviously a lot that we don't see. 
And it's one of these things where I'm sure at some point Cat and or John Henry and or Aaron will be going on podcasts and might be expanding more on things. Certainly not mine because they're not allowed to. I wish I could. I wish I could have John Henry on the podcast or Cat or Aaron, you know, but it's just not going to happen. They're going to go on bachelor affiliated podcasts, unfortunately. And, um, but yeah, there's obviously questions that you want to ask. And I just think that one of the smart things John Henry did was shut off his comments in his post yesterday, because I guarantee what a lot of people probably would have said if he left his comments on will be like, you're a great guy, John Henry. This is a great pose. You can do better than her. And again, I don't think he wanted to hear that. I don't think that she probably, she obviously doesn't want to see that written. So it's probably smart of him to shut off his comments on his post. As for her, um, you know, I think that Kat has taken enough heat all season. She's already, you know, she's already at a place where if you've watched any of her TikToks this season or any of her, uh, you know, tweets this season, it's, you know, defending herself against this edit that she did get, which some of the things she said, but there's a whole like a like a full context that we don't know. And, you know, maybe there is as well with with John Henry and Aaron. And, you know, I think I think it's basically a time will tell situation with all three of them, because I got to believe they're going to speak at some point. I don't think they're just going to leave those statements out there on Instagram and uh, yeah, they're going to move on with their lives, but they're going to talk about it at some point. We just don't know when. So I would just keep in touch with that. No need to attack any of them. You know, I say that every season doesn't seem to stop the trolls out there who want to just have a free for all on, on contestants because of what they saw on an edited reality show. Again, it's very easy to criticize and be critical or even offer constructive criticism versus sending someone hate. There's a very, very big difference. Cat got hate. Nobody was really, I mean, I was. I was critical of the things that she said and how I would have handled it and questioned some of the things, but questioning it knowing that I don't know the full context of why things were said when they were. But I would say, what, 90 95% of the things that people had to say about Cat this season were totally negative and it's just like you know that's the unfortunate thing about signing up for the show you cannot control how your edit is going to come across you cannot control what producers are going to do you you can think you do nothing wrong and say nothing wrong and stay out of drama or whatever and they can pretty much make it look like you were in the middle of everything they can do whatever they want i i, I don't buy this notion that has been talked about on other podcasts before that uh, your edit can make you if you if you do nothing wrong, you can you'll you'll get a good edit. No, it's not the way it works on this show. They will do whatever they want to do. So just keep that in mind as we move forward, because we're roughly about a month away from a new batch of women that, hey, if any of Joey's women are listening to this, just know once the season starts airing, you're going to get negative comments. And you're going to get negative comments about things that you wouldn't think in a million years someone would comment negatively on. Someone's going to comment about how you wear your hair or how your dress fit one night or how you can't walk in heels or how your mascara looked ugly. Like they'll find something. That's what they do. They have no lives. They are trolls. 
So just be prepared. It's coming. And a whole new flock of women are going to have to deal with trolls on the Internet who have something to say about anything they say or do on the show or how they look on the show. It's coming. Joey's women. Just be prepared for it. You've been warned. All right. Not going to spend too much time on this because this is all about, again, promoting Dave Neal's YouTube video and promoting you to go there because me trying to do it justice just isn't going to happen. Dave did a video yesterday in regards to an email that was found in the court documents involved in the Clayton Laura Owens case. And in that email that was a that was obtained through court documents, Dave put it on the screen and read it out loud and it was an email that Laura had sent to Clayton before she ever went public with this story basically laying out a I don't even know what to call this thing, a relationship plan of, hey, if you do this, I won't go to the press and talk about this. And it was essentially almost like date me or I'm going to the press. Let's get. And it wasn't like we have to date for three. It was like. Give me a week. (laughs) I, I was I was flabbergasted watching this video and watching Dave read this email that Laura sent to Clayton before she went public with the story that she was pregnant with his children. It was like like this eight-step plan of what was going to happen and what needed to happen. And if he agreed to any of that and if he agreed to it, then she wouldn't go public with the story. you got to go watch it. I'm not even doing it nearly the justice that it deserves. You have to go watch this video and you have to go read that email and see the email that she sent him before this story became public. Like I said, in the beginning of this podcast, I heard rumors about it and I was just, but I didn't know any details. So I never brought it up, never talked about it. Well, now the email is out there and it is the most unhinged batshit crazy thing in a series of unhinged and batshit crazy things that have come about in the two months we've been talking about this case. Just go watch Dave's video. You've got to. You won't be disappointed, I promise. Let's talk about Survivor last night. That was the penultimate episode. We are down to the final five finale next week. And who's in the finale? Let's see. Julie, Jake, uh, Austin, D, and Keturah. Last night was a prime example, just the way the edit was going, and Drew talking about how everything had gone perfect since the merge and him and Austin were controlling the game and everybody that they wanted out has gone out in the order that they wanted and he was basically looking forward to the final five because if he got to the final five, he felt he was going to be in the final three. And, of course, the overconfident one gets clipped last night as he had no idea that the rest of the tribe, including D and Julie, had turned on him. And Austin and Drew voted for Julie, and the other four voted for Drew. And he had no idea it was coming. Austin played his idol for himself. I don't know why he thought he wasn't safe, but he did. Now, I guess we're going to see the fallout because Dee never told Austin, the one she's closest with on the show, and that was her struggle last night. Do I tell the person I'm closest with on the show I'm about to clip his best friend? And apparently she didn't because 
Austin voted for Julie, and D voted for Drew, as did Julie, Jake, and Katura. So it was, I mean, it was a great blindside, but looking back on it now and listening to Drew's edit all episode, you kind of saw it coming. At least I did. So I was like, okay, he's the overconfident one, and he's already thinking ahead and losing track of what's happening at this tribal council. And they got him. One of the things that I've always found interesting, and they brought it up last night. Who was it? I think it was D. when she was talking about, look, I have to lie to these people. And it was basically lying to Drew's face. And she even told Drew that I, you know, she swears on her mom. That's the plan. And she's like, look. I'll swear on anybody. I don't care. Nothing's going to happen to them. They're all alive. They're all back home. And when I come home with the money, they're not going to care that I swore on them. I thought that was a brilliant line. And for anybody who does play this game or anybody who plays like Big Brother and where there's money involved at the end and you pretty much have to deceive and lie to people to get to the end to win a money prize, I think that's a great line. I don't think it's a big deal to swear on somebody like what's going to happen like unless you're the biggest superstitious person in the world and you think oh I swore on this person and I went back on my word and now something bad happened to them I mean I guess if you're super superstitious maybe you wouldn't do that but really what's the big deal about swearing on somebody D laid it out there last night they're all back home they're all alive and they're not going to give two shits that I swore on them if I come home with the money they're going to be happy for me that I swore on them because if you swore on them, seemingly your word holds more weight and that person is going to tend to believe you more when you say, oh, I swear on my mom, this is the plan. And, and then it's not the plan. Well, hey, <laughs> nothing's going to happen to her mom because you swore on her or her brother or her cousin or her sister or her uncle or her aunt or anybody's family member that they swear on. And if something did happen to happen to a family member, I, I guess you'd really have to be into that whole, oh, the stars are aligned thing, because I don't think it had anything to do with you swearing on them on a reality show. Life happens. So great move by D last night, and even better, even better line. I loved it. The challenge last night to me was almost infuriating, and I'll tell you why. So the deal is Mariah goes on that show and she starts hooking up with James. Well, we're led to believe as an audience that before she left for the show, her and Bananas were still involved with each other, I guess. And Tori comes in as the legend. And when people get eliminated from the challenge, they obviously go home. Word had spread by people who had already been eliminated that season, I guess, that Mariah was hooking up with James. Because how else would how else would Corey have, uh, Tori have known? Clearly, people got back to her. And it, the word got around. Mariah was hooking up with somebody on the show. And so when Tori comes into the game, she kind of signals to Mariah, like, Mariah, you know, what are you doing? Johnny's heartbroken. I mean... Come on. Does anybody really believe that Johnny Bananas was heartbroken over anything that Mariah was doing on the show? I'll be the first to admit, I don't know how serious their relationship was. I have no idea about the timeline of when this was all going down, what was happening. 
But let's just say, let's for the benefit of the doubt, let's just say, sake of argument here, Bananas was fucking head over heels for Mariah, was absolutely 1,000% in love with her. And she goes on the show, and she hooks up with James, and he found out about it, and now he's heartbroken. Karma? Does anybody remember what happened with Bananas and Morgan and what he did to her? So the fact that we're making him, you know, some sort of... (laughs) Martyr and all? I I don't even understand. Tori, obviously, I get it. She's friends with Bananas. She's going to back him. But this, I'm sorry. I know Bananas and Mariah haven't been together two years. He had a two-year relationship with Morgan. We all know how that ended. Go listen to any podcast Morgan has done, including the one she did with me. And you tell me, are we supposed to feel sorry for Bananas? That Mariah hooked up with a guy on the show? even though she was whatever in some sort of situationship with Bananas? And we're supposed to believe that Bananas was heartbroken, as Tori said? I'm sorry, I just don't buy it. And if I'm dead wrong and he was heartbroken, I don't know why I'm supposed to feel sorry for him. Maybe there's other stuff out there that I'm not aware of, but let's see. And finally... What have I been telling you for two weeks in regards to Travis Kelsey? He is a football player. He is in the NFL. The NFL plays every week. You get one bye week a season. Kansas City Chiefs have already had theirs, and that was the week he went to Argentina and saw Taylor perform. All these stories about they're planning on getting getting together for Christmas and hanging out with family, and then they're going to take a romantic getaway. I said, no, they're not. This guy is a professional football player. He's one of the top tight ends in all of football. Has been for probably the last 10 years. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's playing on one of the best teams in all of football. I don't care how much he's into Taylor, and I don't care how much she's into him. All these stories that these entertainment sites who clearly know nothing about football and how it works... Any rumors they were hearing about these two taking a romantic getaway and spending Christmas together and, oh, they have major birthday plans. No, they don't. (laughs) We saw Sunday night after the game, which she attended. They were out at somebody's bar and they took a bunch of pictures with people. That looked to be the extent of it because nothing else. Taylor is now in New York for the rest of the weekend, for her birthday weekend, with Blake Lively and Selena Gomez and all those people, which is what we expected. But the story, headline story, peoplemagazine.com yesterday, Travis Kelsey staying in Kansas City for mandatory practice amid reports of Taylor Swift's New York City birthday bash. Mandatory practice. What? Do you know anything about football? Of course practice is mandatory, especially if you're saying the opposite of it, meaning, oh, it's a mandatory practice because if it wasn't, he was just going to go off and... uh, party with his girlfriend it's like come on like i know they're entertainment reporters i don't expect them to know a lot about the nfl but maybe put somebody on that beat who has a clue maybe put somebody on that beat who listens to the reality steve podcast and has told them for weeks from the second he was off that bye week the week he visited argentina to watch her perform 
he was going to be in Kansas City practicing with his team and then having a game that Sunday or Saturday every week of the season until it was over. We have four weeks left in the season. The only day off during the week that NFL teams get are Tuesdays, assuming you played a Sunday game. Monday night game is different. Thursday night game, different. But he does not have time to take romantic getaways. And almost like this headline that people put out there made it seem like, oh, there's a rift here because he has to stay for mandatory practice. Like somehow this was sprung on him by the team. Like, hey, man, you thought you were going to go party with Taylor? No, no, no. We got mandatory practice this week. No, they have mandatory practice every week. It's why they're paid millions of dollars. So once again, these entertainment sites are fucking clueless when it comes to sports. And I've told you this for weeks. Nothing is going to happen with these two outside of her attending a game and then hanging out maybe the night of the game after the game is over until they are eliminated from the playoffs. They are not going to have another bye week because they lost again this past week. They're 8-5. and five. They really have no shot to get the one seed, which would have given them a week off when the, when the playoffs start. Now Kansas City is going to be playing every week in the playoffs until they lose. So they could lose their first game. They could lose their second game. They could lose their third game. They could make it all the way to the Super Bowl again. And even though you have the week off in between the AFC Championship game and the Super Bowl, I don't really think he's going to be want to be seen hanging out with his girlfriend because he will get crucified for that. So we will see. At minimum, Travis Kelsey is locked up in football every week for the next five weeks. The next four weeks in the NFL season, first week of playoffs. So minimum, the next five weeks, he's booked. Stop talking about romantic getaways and families meeting each other and all this shit. It's not happening. They will hang out. They will see each other whenever they can. I don't know what their arrangement is, but getaways and two or three day trips, not happening. Please stop reporting on this if you don't know it. Thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. Please follow me on Apple Podcasts. Also, rate and review. As I told you, podcast number 369 coming in a couple hours. The Sports Daily will be up in an hour from now. Check that out. So thank you again for listening. Really appreciate it. And I'll talk to you tomorrow. See you.